0: Welcome to the next episode of Caffeinated Innovation here from Innovation Works on the North Side. I'm still Pam Eichenbaum. And I'm still Jen Van Dam. Thank you all for joining us for this wonderful next episode. We are super excited because today we have the one, the only Jim Gibbs from Eater Feeder. I'm still Jim Gibbs. <laughs> are you?
1: Yeah, yeah. Last okay, of good, good.
0: <laughs> um, oh, Jim Gibbs. One of the best. So we're really excited, Jim, to have you today because we're gonna learn all things about parking and meters and everything related to tech.
1: See, mm-hmm. usually when people are talking about being excited, they're talking about pizza or outside beaches. But we'll 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 settle with parking today. Not me, parking? Jim. Uh, have
0: you I met mean, Pam? Yeah. Parking, yeah. Anything dealing totally with geek out on parking with civic related things and parking and cars and houses and mobility. Okay. Yeah. Bring it on. I just Absolutely. like the idea of no more tickets. Yeah, okay. I'm cool that, with that. That too. That too.
1: Yeah, that I, is... I'm I'm here to help. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Jim, before we jump in we always like to ask our guests their favorite form of caffeine to really just get the crowd excited and so we can learn a little bit more about you and you know cuz there's more to you and more to life than than just your company so tell us what is the jim gibbs preferred form of caffeine
1: it it's funny you should say that because we we have one specific type of caffeine and it's probably the worst you can possibly you know um, you know, when we were younger, we always tried like the caffeinated soaps and caffeinated bacon and all these other crazy caffeinated things. What? Caffeinated but, uh, soap? Yes. Yeah. What yes. is that? Seek the internet. It shall tell you.
2: Okay. Wait, but, all I can think about is the kid from A Christmas Story with the soap in his mouth.
1: Yep, but no. Were you
2: tasting it? You, we okay, were not good. tasting okay, it. Okay, Okay,
1: But But um, yeah, there is actually a, um, a dollar store right next to my office and there is a big can of super unhealthy super caffeinated beverage for one dollar oh no that is literally probably the the worst and best thing because no matter how hard my face is dragging on the floor just a little sip of that and i'm Ready to go. Ready to go.
2: It sounds super unhealthy. <laughs> it yeah. sounds.
1: Um, it is amazing unhealthy.
2: Right? <laughs> it sounds like. Does your heart like start pumping really? Yeah, fast? I'm a little
0: concerned about your health. Uh, yeah. So what is this product?
1: Um, it's it's called Rip It. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you know it has really awkward flavor names and you know like <laughs> Ew. Uh, yeah, it's Sorry. it's just one of those things where. You know how some people have, in case of fire, break the glass? Here. That's that's what Rip It is. <laughs> Rip It is, I have a whole bunch of stuff to do and I need to get back to work. So
0: Good to know. I'm going to put that on the list of things I probably will never drink, but maybe I'll <laughs> consider drinking. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. now I know how you get so much work done and <laughs> you're creating such a great product. Jen, tell us. Because I know we always, you know, are looking for mm-hmm. Jen to diversify our uh, our caffeine choices from from the hosting yes, side of things. Yes,
2: yes. That's so yours. Uh, I do love this new mushroom drink. It's yeah. this mushroom powder. It's very delicious. This morning, I tried putting it into coffee. Terrible idea. Why was it so terrible? It – so in water, I guess it just dissolves better. In the mm. coffee, it was just like mud on Ew. the bottom of Ew. my cup. So I got Sorry. to the bo- – I like couldn't taste it the whole time. And I was like, okay, it's whatever it is. Got to the bottom of the cup and it was just like sludge. So I guess that's not what's caffeinating me today. It's just plain old coffee is caffeinating me today. <laughs> what about you, Pam? What What's caffeinating you?
0: So I'm still sticking with the tried and true, right? I'm a creature of habit. I'm I'm an Earl Grey tea drinker. However, I've recently learned about these caffeinated gummy bears. And it's, it's the same flavoring as different types of coffee uh, or different, I guess. I don't, I'm not a coffee drinker, as listeners know. So I think it's like a dark roast, a light roast, uh, like a Frappuccino kind of flavoring. As a non-coffee drinker, I'm probably not going to jump into those, but I'd like to challenge said company, which I don't know off the top of my head, but I feel like there should be other forms of caffeinated jelly bean slash gummy bear treats, right? So where's the tea jelly beans? Where's the chocolate? Well, maybe that exists, but where, <laughs> where's the where are the jelly beans and the and the the gummy bears for for the non coffee drinkers? So mm. haven't tried them yet, but I'm excited about them. And good friend sent me some information about it, so I'm gonna give her some thanks here. I'm interested. We gotta try them, listeners. Let us know if you've tried these these jelly beans slash gummy bear caffeine option. It seems like an interesting uh, interesting. We should idea. try
2: them live. Ooh. We, maybe it's like an Instagram story.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. New content. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. We'll do it. Mm. We'll do it. All right. Sometime soon, <laughs> listeners.
2: Keep an eye. <laughs> Jim. Yes? You're the man of the hour. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and then a little bit about your company? I think we alluded to it a little bit.
1: Sure. So me – um, I'm originally from, uh, Long Island, New York,
2: mm. Yes, speaking. as Jersey girls, we were
0: We that. appreciate it.
1: <laughs> well, see, the thing is, nobody really believes me unless I start talking like this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, uh, did a brief stint on, uh, at, on Wall Street. So mm-hmm. I had, I was forced to lose my accent if I wanted to make any money at all. Right. Um, yeah, went to Carnegie Mellon University for a little while uh did not finish but uh yeah. i learned all the things that i needed to do in order to you know do wonderful things like work in the medical field and write software for uh retail companies and you know there's a pretty good chance that if you ever purchased anything online you're probably using some of my code so yeah. um yeah we we saw um a lot of interesting things happening um, on the internet and seeing how much money was going through payments and APIs and that uh you know me and my co-founder and I have built so uh yeah we started we realized that we needed to work on something uh-huh. right um and then we were actually helping someone else with uh um their own startup and they ended up at lunch pulling out a big handful of parking tickets and looking at us and saying if you guys made an app where I could pay for parking, I would use it every day. Mm. And that is sort of the genesis of meter feeder. I and, did not
0: uh, know that story. Yeah.
1: Me either. So
0: has you mentioned co founder? Is your co founder with you with meter feeder? Is that the same co founder you had? Have you been working with him with other products as well, companies?
1: Well, yeah, we've been working together for almost twenty years now. Wow. So yeah. You're we, like
0: best buds, we, lifetime buds. Yeah,
1: we look at our wives like psh, lightweight. Jim. <laughs> I kid, I kid. But uh yeah, it's 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 one of those those things where, you know, I i see co-founders argue, I see co-founders mm. fight, and they're like, Well, look at you guys, you guys have been working together for 20 years. I was like, doesn't mean that we liked it the entire time, but at the end of the day, you know, we realize that, you know, we actually care about one another. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, if he doesn't show up for work, the first thing that I think about is not, where is this guy? I'm going to give him one. Yeah. for. It's, he's usually here. What's wrong with him? <laughs> you know? And uh yeah, actually having that care about your co-founder really is one of those things that has helped Meter Feeder and the culture at Meter Feeder mm-hmm. be such a, an uplifting one. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you come in the door... The first thing that we're trying to do is is make you a better version of yourself, and to help us be better.
2: Mm, I love that. I feel like you joked about right, like this being sort of like a marriage. But I'm going to be married in September, and hey. that is like what we talk about in our marriage counseling classes. Like. Okay caring about the person and not getting mad at them over silly things, right?
1: Like Never going to (laughs) happen. Oh, my goodness gracious.
2: But it's the work, right? It's like you put in the work because you care about this person and you want your relationship to get stronger and and that thing that you're working on together to get stronger.
1: Yeah, exactly. But at 2 o'clock in the morning, (laughs) something's going to happen and you're going to be like, did you really buy 2% milk right now? (laughs) You know, and – yeah, it's it's just one of those things where, you know, as long as there's one person with a level head in the room, mm-hmm. hopefully we can kind of talk it down and, you know, but yeah, it, it, it's hard to avoid all pitfalls. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Jim, let's let's break down Meter Feeder for the sure. listeners, right? Mm-hmm. So, Meter Feeder, of course, is aimed at helping you navigate the parking process easier, both from the payment initially and then the enforcement side as well. So why don't you break it down for listeners so they understand both sides of the meter feeder audience.
1: Sure. So um at a very high level, meter feeder enables local governments to accept digital payments for parking, but without upgrading their infrastructure. Right. So generally speaking, parking enforcement officers kind of walk down the street with our enforcement tools, which is just a Android tablet and a rugged Bluetooth printer. They look at a meter, if they see that it's has time on it, they keep on walking. If it doesn't have any time on it, they check our enforcement app. Hmm. If they look up your license plate and they say, hey, this still has two hours on it, the person paid using meter feeder, they continue walking again. And if finally they don't see that the person is paid using meter feeder directly from an enforcement app, they can write a ticket through the Bluetooth hmm. printer. The interesting about part about that is you know, since we do the parking payment and we write the parking tickets it only makes sense that we do parking ticket payment right so as soon as you write that ticket as the parking enforcement officer writes that ticket the person coming out can actually pay that parking ticket which you know mm-hmm. there there are certain cities that don't have that ability right now
0: mm-hmm. why would someone use the meter feeder process versus the traditional park mobile or sure many of the other parking options that municipalities and cities offer? Sure.
1: So one of the important things about uh, Park Mobile is they're just a payment app. Mm-hmm. We actually have the full stack, right? Okay. So um, that enables us to reduce the costs of the parking enforcement tools. So, you know, it's great that like the city of Pittsburgh can spend a bunch of money on cars and license plate mm-hmm. recognition and things like that. But then you have the small to mid mid-sized municipalities that just don't have the budget for that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, go to a Verizon store and pick up a tablet. Okay. And then sell them a printer. Great. You know, that's what it costs to get started. Yeah. Right. And um, yeah, it, it enables the, the small to mid sized municipality to start getting prepared for the future city, um, because everybody talks about, oh, the future city, it's going Mm to be a a $1 trillion market, Mm -hmm. you know, like Homestead doesn't have a trillion Mm -hmm. (laughs) dollars. So they're just like, what can we do in order to get started?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, you know, from getting started with parking, you know, that's a really easy way for them to just right away start increasing their revenue, right? Right now uh meter feeder has a product called pay by vehicle which enables people to pay for parking just by turning their cars off we're working with fleets right now um because as much as i hate parking tickets i can only imagine if i had like thirty thousand vehicles like ups right (laughs) but uh you know as we talk about the 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 future city you know how ridiculous it's going to be for an Uber to be pulling up right. with a parking ticket mm-hmm. underneath the windshield because there was no one in the car to put a quarter in the meter. Yeah. Right? So you know we're rolling out with that. You know we we have a couple places right now. We have a couple fleets that are rolling out right now, and um you know everybody's super excited about it. You know I'm really glad that our customers are really excited about mm-hmm. it because um it it is something that we've we've worked on um pretty extensively. But um, yeah. Now that we actually see it in the world, and um, folks are are enjoying it as much as we want them to enjoy yeah. it, uh, it it means it means a whole lot. So we're really excited to see you know what the the near future has in in, in store.
2: So you talked a little bit about the you know small to mid size municipalities, right? And that's where you're going, and that's where you're trying to start. Is it hard to get the users? You know, like. The, the me's of the world, right? Like sure. to use your app and to get on it and like, what is this? I, I like my quarters. Is, is I, that is that difficult?
1: Oh, I mean, that's funny. I, I have uh, five kids, five boys and a wife, and there's no <laughs> chance of me ever having change in my pockets. Mm-hmm. So this is more made for the folks that are like me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, because payments are just going digital. Right, and um to th- the cost of customer acquisition we kind of have a negative cost of customer acquisition we'll mm. I'll get to it in a little bit, but um yeah, the idea is to get you using the app, we have the nice way or the hard way <laughs> right the nice way you see right on the meter meter feeder, you know download the app, use it today, right there's a sign on on the poll, okay, use meter feeder download iOS and Android. Give us 5 stars by the way. If you don't pay since we actually write the tickets mm-hmm. on the back of it it says stop getting parking tickets. <laughs> download meter mm. feeder.
2: <laughs> I love as a marketer I love that. I love that. <laughs> I like that too.
0: As we're talking about, you know, the payment process, I'm also curious about locations. So we We talked a little bit about Homestead, Mm -hmm. so I'm assuming that's the location where Meter Feeder exists. Absolutely. great. Where else is Meter Feeder in the southwestern Pennsylvania region and also then beyond the region, where are you located at the moment?
1: Sure. So southwestern Pennsylvania. Wow. So we have Dormont, Homestead, Carnegie, McKeesport, Brentwood, Homestead, Greensburg, um, we actually have a couple places actually in the city that are are privately owned um, man, i know i 'm missing a bunch <laughs> um, that
0: 's great though it 's kind of it 's pretty expansive
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely and you know one of the great things about you know once we plant our flag in an area, mm. we see sort of an ink blot effect right mm-hmm. so once we got our first location in New Jersey. Right. Next thing you know, it was real easy to uh, you know start moving moving along some bigger locations mm. in New Jersey.
0: Where in New Jersey?
1: Um, have you ever heard of Manalapan? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of
2: I may or may not have grown up in the town over. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. So yeah. So Manalapan, New Jersey, and um, yeah. So. Um. We are even also, more of
0: a reason to do a road trip with yeah. caffeinated innovation. Yeah,
1: mm. yeah, because we wouldn't
0: get any parking tickets. Exactly,
1: you will get zero <laughs> parking
0: tickets. And where, but where beyond? So you you said this region of Pennsylvania, and then sure. in New Jersey. Anywhere else around the U.S. or even globally?
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, we have Ohio, Rhode Island. Um, we're actually moving out into New York. We have uh, just signed a an LOI to move into about 250 locations across North America.
0: That's wonderful. Um,
1: We have another LOI that, you know, we're rolling out now. We're deploying now to go out along, you know, this company called Nexus Parking who manages the parking for New Jersey Transit. So, um, yeah, our – our transactional volume has been growing at 5% week over week, and we don't see that slowing down anytime soon.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. So as we talk about Southwestern Pennsylvania, you are located in Braddock, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But you've lived on the West Coast. You went through Y Combinator. Um, you could have started this business in a lot of other places, right? You could right. have you know, grown this business in a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. Why here?
1: That's a great question, (laughs) you know, because one of the stories that I I need to make sure that is told is the CEO of Y Combinator, Michael Seibel, actually grabbed me by my arm for like a good 45 minutes and told me not to come back to Pittsburgh.
0: What?
1: Yeah. I mean, in essence. Yeah. um, He knows that, you know, if you're not in the Valley, it's hard to raise money. Mm -hmm. If you're not in the Valley – then it's hard to find like-minded, future-thinking people mm-hmm. in order to you know, accept your products and start using it. Um, but one of the things that Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh area, especially Braddock, has is just a ridiculous low burn, right? Mm-hmm. So we didn't have product market fit when we were at Y Combinator, right? We were trying to figure things out. So, once we were able to raise money, like walking out of the door of Y Combinator, mm. we took those those that money, all of them those monies <laughs> and brought it back to to Braddock, where we have an eight hundred square foot office for six hundred and fifty dollars a month, right hmm. and we just worked, and it gave us the ability to just sit back and concentrate and figure out what we need to do in order to find product market fit. Mm-hmm. Once we stopped and looked at our growth and we were like, hey, we are growing obnoxiously fast, now we can go and start talking to you know bigger firms and bigger funds in order to turn our company into a big business. If we were in some place like the Silicon Valley, if we were out on Long Island <laughs> – You know, we would have ran out of money from rent by itself, Mm. you know, never mind trying to afford software developers or, you know, um, a CFO because we're dealing with so much money. Um, You know, it, it, it just would have been, I don't want to say nonsensical, but it would have been more difficult than necessary to keep money in our bank account trying to find that product market fit.
0: So – but once again, other than the cost with Braddock, what what keeps you here, right? Is there some underlying draw to keep you in the Pittsburgh region, in Braddock? Sure. Because uh, cost alone significant, of course, especially right. at the very early stage. But something else is drawing you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, cheap is pretty important, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, You know, especially – uh having a network of software developers that you know we know that we can work together and knock out some some pretty amazing things um but yeah like even on on a personal level you know being able to make sure that like my kids have a yard right um being part of you know I'm I'm on the board of Black Tech Nation and trying to make sure that um you know when people think about software developers, you know, they might think of a uh, six foot four black guy with dreadlocks, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, if they're thinking about CEOs, you mm-hmm. know, like they could be like, oh, hey, look, there is an example of someone who has figured out how to, you know, raise money, build a business, find customers, you know, and then sort of build up that, you um, a former steel town yeah. right um they they really need a lot of help so um i'm glad that i can uh be sort of on the front lines of you know being the sort of the, the renaissance and, and and help um change that whole mindset of you know oh there is a black male um i wonder how many times he's been to jail yeah none yeah. cuz i was inside writing software all the time
2: yeah and, I mean, I think that's one of the things I love about Pittsburgh is that, like, there's so much opportunity to make changes here. And we're just starting to grow. And we're just – we're able to put seeds in the ground here. But – so you're on the board of Black Tech Nation – that's not the only thing you do in the community. I know that you have a long list, startup sure. boost, and I know you're yeah. teaching coding for kids. And yeah, yeah. talk a little bit about some of those things.
1: Sure. Well, I I know that my my wife would give me a hard time if I didn't <laughs> tell her to talk about Eden's Farm. Mm-hmm. So she is actually uh, uh, running a nonprofit to uh, fight sex trafficking. So oh. of course, oddly enough, I'm on the board of that as mm-hmm. well. Um, but you know, we don't take money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) The, the whole thing is we, we're, you know, again, we're here to help. Yeah. Right. Um, not to stigmatize, not to, um, you know, make pretend that we're going to fly in with some sort of cape. Mm -hmm. Right. We're, we're here to actually help people, um, make decisions that they want to make. Right. Um, yeah, I'm on the steering committee of, uh, the our next 75 for the mm-hmm. alligating conference so um yeah, that happened uh, back in June mm-hmm. but you know we're we're super excited to um, keep that going right yeah. so it, it's it's not just an event it's just it's something that's meant for our children and our children's children yeah and our children's children's children
0: so Jim, it sounds like you know everything you're saying you're really committed to building the pipeline. How else are you taking that passion and commitment to ensure that other entrepreneurs in the region have opportunities, whether they are, you know, still still in middle school, high school, college-aged or 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 not. And even beyond that, how do you try to work with them to bring them into the fold?
1: Sure. Uh great question. So um one of the things that I, I focus on is that um they need to learn how to build right because if they can build as soon as they come up with an idea they turn around and build it right um and it just saves so much headache right because i've seen so many co- so many founders who make a little bit of money score a little bit of money away and then they give it all to someone to make their their dream for them and it's not what they want right so um building is is super huge um, the second that I, I deal with is narrative because you can have the greatest thing since sliced bread, but if you don't know how to present it to someone, that's, it, it's just not going to go anywhere. right? You know, If I come back from the future and I'm like, hey, Pam, Jen, you guys have this random disease that no one's ever heard before, and then I hand you, here is the medication if I can't tell you or convince you that you actually have this illness, you are going to look at me like a crazy person, right? So that's the the main thing about narrative, right? Even if you're just like here to help, if they don't understand what you're doing or what you're talking about, it's going to be of no use at all. So between the two, um, that's how you end up getting traction. And once you have traction, then you can put together a deck and you can go talk to anyone. And, you know, if you need money, you get money. If you need, um, you know, get more customers, you get more customers. So um, I think that those are the three main building blocks that I work on in order to kind of get folks up and running and, you know, push them on to the future.
0: That's wonderful. I Again, I mean, this theme of one giving back and, you know, helping to build that pipeline, I think is so significant. So you mentioned a little while ago, startup boost and I'm so curious about start- Startup Boost because it's relatively new. Sure. And I think it's likely serving, uh, you know, a, a gap that's been in existence here in the region and mm-hmm. my understanding and tell me if I'm wrong is it's serving as kind of a pre-accelerator model, right? Yep. Tell us a little bit more about Startup Boost.
1: Sure. So, one thing that I do need to kind of step back to is, you know, it's less about giving back <laughs> and is more about proving to the outside world that we actually have something here. Because, I mean, it shows up in the in the newspaper, but then they come out here and they're like, where is it, right? So um, we realized that there was a significant amount of predatory loan lending and, you know, like bad advice being given and just things that were not beneficial for the entrepreneur. So, yeah, the Startup Boost... It's zero. We give them $0. They give us $0. They give us 0% of their company. And you apply. You get in. Six weeks, we pretty much put you through a boot camp in order to do the things that I was just talking about. You know, how do you find your market? How do you find product market fit? How do you pitch? Right? How do you like find traction, right? Because, I mean, everybody comes in and the first thing that they're asking, oh, well, how do we raise money? Mm. I'm like, that's not the point of your business. (laughs) The point of your business is to build a big business, right? So once all of a sudden they realize, oh, wait, I can actually do this, right? Um, Yeah, then they start actually building bigger businesses. And the awkward thing about that is, then all of a sudden, investors start hearing about all the great things that they're doing, and they're like, "Oh, let's have a meeting, right?" So um, it, it's it's a little bit counterintuitive from the uh, entrepreneur perspective because they just figure, "Oh, I'm gonna go on Shark Tank, and you know, right? Ha- it's it, so
2: glamorous. Exactly.
1: Ten minutes later, I'm gonna get a hundred thousand dollars for ten percent of my company, right? When meanwhile. <laughs> you gotta build your company. Yeah, you gotta build it.
0: And are the the folks who are coming through Startup Boost are they just tech entrepreneurs or is it really any type of entrepreneur?
1: It's really any type of entrepreneur. Okay. Um, you know, one of uh, one of my favorites was uh, Pangia Exchange, where they sell uh, free trade, uh, ethically sourced jewelry, and. um Yeah, it's, he had some really good looking stuff and, you know, he's now out selling and, you know, um, just the entire mission is one of those things where people need to know more about it. And uh, yeah, of course, now he's getting traction. And now that he's getting traction, more people are starting to hear about what he's doing and more people are looking to, to find out how they can further his mission. So, um yeah, it's not definitely not just for for tech entrepreneurs, but um, you know, me being a tech guy, it's a little bit easier for me to give them uh, you know, to things to do and things not to do. Mm. Um from his perspective, I can just give him like a basic business idea and and help him out with his marketing.
0: Yeah. That's great. I want to I want to bring it back to your connection to Innovation Works because I'm mm-hmm. I'm realizing that we jumped into meter feeder and then all of the other great things that you're doing. And we, we didn't make the connection to the IW family. Right. 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 So you came in through innovation Works Seed fund, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So tell us a little bit more about the interactions you have, who supports you on staff. What, sure. what's that like?
1: So I don't think that you guys ever heard that initial story. But I mean, yeah. it very well might have been, uh, excuse me for saying, but the least blackest moment in my life. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was getting off of stage at Y Combinator mm-hmm. and all of a sudden um, this this large man just walks up to me and he's like, hey, I hear you're from Pittsburgh. What are you doing out here? I was like, Y Combinator, of course. And he was like, do you know who I am? I was like, no, I don't know who you are. Are you sure you don't know who I am? I don't know. I'm, I'm living under a rock. I'm sorry. Oh, hi. My name is Benjamin Jealous, the former president of the NAACP. And-
0: what? <laughs> what?
1: How did you? Yeah. yeah. And he introduced me to Jeffrey McDaniel.
0: Ah. There we go.
1: And that's how I got connected to Innovation Works. Okay. So, yeah. With that being said, um, you know, Jeff and I we have definitely had lots and lots of conversations about how to properly uh implement and create messaging and you know how to properly align our uh our business for mm-hmm. success so um between that and the idea of um you know a little bit of funding it gives us the ability to actually uh You know, put these plans, Uh uh, help us to focus our plan of attack. So I'm not focused on just raising money. Uh I'm not focused on just, uh, uh, you know, feeding my family. I'm focused on actually building a better business.
0: Mm. That's great. For the listeners out there, just to remind everyone, so Jeff was actually on season one. Okay, yeah, uh, absolutely. He, I thought it was the first episode, he was. was. That's okay. a good memory. He was See, first episode you know. with that uh, with Gojo. He'll Jane tell Go. you that. Yeah, he's very proud, <laughs> very very proud. Although I'm not even sure if he's ever listened to his own episode. He's
2: listened to it. I
0: don't know.
2: I'll, I'm I'm gonna ask him. I don't We're know, listening.
0: but no, we know that that Jeff has been excited about working with. The many companies in the NIW's portfolio, uh, especially many of which that are are civically minded, in, in fact. So any advice that you could give to an entrepreneur? I know we we talked about your building blocks earlier, right? But is there any specific tangible advice? We always like to leave these episodes with some advice for our entrepreneurs who are listening.
1: So any tangible advice? Is Yeah literally comes down to build a big business right that's that's it you know and and i realized that even that advice is is so broad it may you know just fall on deaf ears mm-hmm. but you know you really have to look and think about all of the extra things that you do that's not necessary for you to build a big business like oh hey i need to Going for vac- vacation for two weeks. Why well, you gotta go on vacation for two uh, weeks, right? It's like while you're on vacation, you think you can do any sales, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Um, and it comes down for me. It's uh, something that I like to refer to as work capacity, right? So I'm I'm not into this whole oh I'm just gonna hustle for the sake of hustling. Uh-huh. I'm going to bed. I'm going to sleep. I'm waking up. I'm eating a nutritious breakfast. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to attack my day. If I'm getting a little bit slow, I'll drink a ripit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Always comes back to the ripit. Oh.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean the the point is, my brain needs to be clear. Mm-hmm. I need to be moving fast, and I need to be finishing things because if I'm not, then what in the world am I doing in business? Yeah, to begin with.
2: I really like that and and that takes me back to our first episode of this season with Courtney. Mm-hmm. And Courtney Williamson um, talked a little bit about in the same way of how you can't really let people get in your way, right? So she was talking about how she could go through days where, you know, there are people constantly coming up to her and asking her like, oh, how do you do this? What's that? How's that? And she – in sort of how you're talking about it was talking about how – you really just have to get that out and focus on what you're doing. And right. so that's interesting that yeah. Yeah,
1: similar. Yeah. yeah. Courtney's the bee's niece. She
0: really is. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean also it's a matter of taking care of yourself, right? It sounds like you're focused on your your mental and physical health in order right. to build a company. Mm-hmm. I, I somewhat equate it to when you're on the airplane, right? And they say uh, you need to put your own mask on in the event of an emergency, of course, like, before the person you're assisting next to. Right. And you can't build a good company for your team, for whatever, until you are operating on full capacity and operating in a healthy capacity. And so I love that you're focused on making sure you get sleep and you're eating well and it it makes you drive through the day properly. So
1: I like it. Yeah. One of the the beneficial things is, you know, I have a a house full of boys. So if I feel myself getting burnt out, I'm just like going outside and running around or... You know, oh, I'm going to watch cartoons today, right? Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, like I'm supposed to be doing that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, even my, my rest time is, you know, even seen as being beneficial.
0: So. Yeah. That's wonderful.
2: So our final question is, where can we find you? I know I – Read your Twitter all the time because you're <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Yeah, I think we're uh, both active, <laughs> active like yeah. likers
0: and retweeters of of the Jim Gibbs account. Where well, can we, we find you and Meter Feeder online?
1: Yeah, sure, sure. So, um, my Twitter handle is uh, Hezo. Long story. I used to uh, be boy back in the day, and that's what they called me.
2: What?
1: Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> you know that's actually how I met my wife. Like Aww. oddly enough, like. Backflip, spinning on my lips, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, so my company is also on Twitter as well, at Meter Feeder. And you can find us uh, www.meterfeeder.com or, um, yeah, that's that's really the best way to find me online. And if you happen to be going through Braddock and want to grab a delicious quesadilla, you can stop by our office. We're right on the main drag. And, you know, I'm always looking for a reason to stop and grab some lunch over Bracero. Awesome.
0: Wonderful. Thanks, Jim, for joining us. We had a great time.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: InnovationWorks is the Southwestern Pennsylvania Ben Franklin technology partner. Music created by Ethan Ziegler, Startable alum. Special thanks to our Season 2 producer, Sidekick Media Services.